Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Deflector. Deflector. Spelled cool guy style, boat. Aaron, let me ask you a question. Yeah, okay, please. Do you have an irrational fear of mirrors? No, sir. Because I do. The problem is... I've got a rational fear of mirrors. Mm. Ah, yeah. Being so, being so hideous and all, well, it's quite rational. <laughs> you know, you say that, but I've always had an irrational. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is completely rational because maybe one day I will look in a mirror and I will see something behind me and then I'll look back and it won't be there. That's always freaked me out, like when that happens in movies and junk. Do you remember the movie Watcher in the Woods? Uh, you know, now that you mention that, the title rings a bell, but I don't this know if I've was, ever seen this it. This was in the late 70s when Disney was really, really in a hard place financially, and they were trying all kinds of wacky stuff to stay afloat. This is when the black hole and all that stuff came out. Saw that in the theater. And uh, they tried their hand at a horror film. Disney actually produced a horror film. It was called Watcher in the Woods. This thing is the, good this thing is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was so it was so frightening to see this as a child, and I will not watch it again. So it was a kid's horror film? It was film? a kid's horror film. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, live action, not animated. Um, it it kind of has that same vibe as, did you ever watch Escape to Witch Mountain or any of those? Yeah, okay. I did see you those. You know how those, yeah. those were a little freaky all by themselves. But, yeah. Um, it's, but anyway, yeah, I've just, I've always, I've never liked looking in mirrors. Like, it's just like, or if you do the thing in the bathroom where you have the medicine cabinet door and you open it up and then you see like eight of yourself. Whenever I do yeah. that, whenever I open the medicine cabinet, I look away. I just can't, I can't handle it. You ever been in one of those hall of mirrors? No, God, no. <laughs> that sounds I've like the worst in thing in the world. We, we went to this place called the, uh, uh, we went to this museum uh, uh, in um, Carolina Beach, I believe it was. I think it was the Museum of the Bazaar. I think it's what it was called. And they had a, uh, it wasn't a huge museum, but amongst the things they had was a hall of mirrors. And I, the boy was scared, but I made him go because that's what I did. Yeah. And so we, <laughs> and we went into the hall of mirrors. And then once we were in there, because I know it wasn't a very big hall of mirrors. And so, but I wanted to get my money's worth because it was, it was like 10 bucks a piece to go into this thing. They weren't. They were hosing you. Plus, you had to get it paid to get in. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, when we got in there, I grabbed Luke and spun him around a bunch of times, and then just watched him careen off the wall. It was good. That was good. That was good. Time. You know, the Hall of Mirrors is always handy for your uh, superhero adventures. You know, the, the the chase always ends up in a Hall of Mirrors. It just it just has to. It's all. It's funny how often like TV shows and movies use that old trope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been done on Twilight Zone. You'd think there were just—you'd think films. that every town would have three or four Hall of Mirrors in it, just with the regularity that these things pop up. Really, I mean, how often do you even see a Hall of Mirrors? I, they must have been much more prevalent back in the fifties. You know, Cannon Park never had a Hall of Mirrors. No, you really have to go to more of a like a, a Myrtle Beach type place, I think, to run. Cannon Park didn't even have a working mirror in a bathroom. <laughs> what do you think about the the the, the, the Cannon Park haunted house, Aaron? <laughs> that's a that is tremendous and the re, the, you see you're mocking I'm not, it i'm not mocking it i know they tell tell us about the, the tell us about it it is one of only two functioning uh zero gravity uh rides of its type like in the united yeah, states yeah uh, uh it's a uh, um incredibly rare treat and the highlight of that of that uh a whole park now that much said you're going to sit in a little car 
and get and go through this thing and it's not the least bit scary there's a it's lot the of same crap they've been doing for yeah. years but it's the actual fact that it still works is quite amazing you know it, but it's, it's, it's like most things at cannon right. park the fact that they still function is amazing they put my kid on that when my uh, when his auntie took him to cannon park and they they said he was so scared he couldn't believe it hmm. like when he got out of there mm -hmm. so my, he gets he's like you but yeah like Watching a wood would kill him. Kindred spirits, he me and the Luke. He couldn't hang out. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't function well with that sort of thing. But yeah, it's a cool ride. But again, no hall of mirrors, no uh, uh, no uh, reflective surface of any type because they've got all that glow in the dark fluorescence mm -hmm. and stuff, and that's what makes it more fun. Yeah. Great. Have you been on that thing in, in the past twenty years? No, no. The last time I was on it was probably nineteen ninety four when we went in middle school. Yeah, but I remember, yeah. I still remember that there is a part of it where you come out, it's the ride is not over, but you emerge into the light and you go down the loop yeah. and then back in. On the, on, the upper, on the upper porch. Right, Yeah. right. So I... You know, while we're talking about, since we're talking about mirrors, let's, let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deflect the topic. Ooh, good. Right? I like it. And let's talk about lasers. Okay. All right. Lasers were a big deal when I was a kid. Hmm. Right, mm -hmm. like now nobody cares. No. Right, but when you saw a laser, like that was the coolest thing you'd ever seen. And when you found out they were real, it was even more stunning. I remember going to the Sternwheel Regatta in Charleston, and they would have scheduled laser light shows up in the sky. I remember hearing and that was a thing. Like, yeah, if they would draw like eight hundred cabillion people, the interstates would be lined with cars so people could watch lasers, you know, shoot around. Now, would they have to like fog up? the the valley for the lasers to be seen well that's when we had all those oh we had a lot of coal burning back in them days <laughs> so it was so just natural there, fog was like, there was a yeah. haze that sort of hung over the valley yeah now it's a chemical haze but back then it was a coal coal induced ah i see i see they weren't drawing crap both these were just lasery i mean you ever been to a concert or something where they shot a bunch of lasers off yeah yeah you know, it was it was that technology except ten years earlier. It wasn't anything great. Mm. I remember going with the folks. Now, what they would do is they'd put a uh, they could put up like a, a white blank billboard sized thing under the bridge, and then they could write. They could make it look like they were writing stuff on it, having shapes come up on it. Kind of you know like a I mean? vector graphics type thing, right? Sort of, yeah. Like this was a big deal. I remember going uh, watching a wrestling show one time where they took lasers and spelled out like. Starcade or something, mm. and that was like everybody was like, "Oh, you know, we're in the future." Now, did you, you know? were you ever a player of laser tag? I was, yeah, oh yeah. In fact, me and uh, my buddy Wes and Rich and the Chud would go to a laser tag joint in Lexington and play. Mm. Uh, that was pretty advanced. They had a big arena and stuff, but I also had that. Remember the laser tag uh, game for when you were a kid? I do. I have a story about that. Oh, okay. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, my dad was a carbiter. And uh, back in... He was a what? A carbiter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, That's uh, what yeah sorry. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, it means he worked for Union Carbide. Um, yeah, and, uh, chemical Yeah, and uh, they used to have these insane Christmas parties in the <laughs> 80s, back when carbide still, like, was... was, it was a monster, right, yeah. Right, And they would take the kids into this room in... Of course, I was a kid, so my memory may be slightly less than accurate, but in my mind, it looked like Toys R Us. Like, there were yeah. no shelves, but it was like the outer walls of this room were like a Toys R Us. And they would say, okay, pick something. And you could pick anything you wanted. Every kid could pick one thing that they wanted. 
in one year I got a laser tag set. And this was the official like branded laser tag set. And it had, it came with one gun and one sensor. Okay. Yeah. And so a, one thing that, that's how they get you. One thing that I learned was that the, the fun runs out pretty soon when you've got one gun and one sensor. <laughs> We we had a couple of these things. In fact, now somewhere in in the in this room is an is a uh, laser tag pistol. But the fun really runs out when you're getting shot a lot and you suddenly determine that you can do this <laughs> over the sensor, and you'll never lose again. Physically blocking the sensor with your hand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of takes the fun. Now, what we needed, we could reenact the deflector. We needed a mirror, and we. Could, that's the bummer about lasers in the real world. You can't see them. Yeah. You know? If they ever that's figure lame. that out, then I'll be laughing. I can't wait for that day. That's when they get. That's yeah. when we get real lightsabers too. That'll be cool, man. It's, That'll be cool. It's when life gets Except real, we cut each other in half. Yeah, we pretty will. Quick. You get angry, boat. The first time I screw something up, I'll be a dead man. I'll be like Greedo in, that, in, in the cantina. You'll have to go back and re-edit the footage and make it look like I struck first, folks. I'm good at that. I do it all the time. All right, Aaron. Let's talk Deflector. Oh, yeah. There's a game. There is a game. <laughs> this game. Now, Bo, I, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say I've never heard of this. Uh, it, Deflector spelled cool guy style with K. It's like a Masters of the Universe villain. That is. 1987, Boat. <laughs> it was two years before I graduated from high school. Um, it was a glorious time for you. It was. You were 16 years old. Yeah, man. God, that's hard to believe. Uh, published by our good pals over at Gremlin, Boat. Mm -hmm. We all know Gremlin. They did a bunch of stuff. So, um, authored by Vortex Software. Cool name, Boat. Yeah. It's the Vortex. Now, I looked up some of the stuff they did. Here's one we got to try, Boat. Alien Highway. Oh, yeah. I like both those things. They also did a game called Android 1 and 2. They did a game, and this is one of those ones where there's dots in between the letters. It's just called Hard. <laughs> wow. And they did another one with the dots in between the letters just called Hate. <laughs> <laughs> they were pursuing a theme here. That's right. And they did Triad Quartet and Astral Convoy. We got ourselves an Astral Convoy. We do have a great big convoy. We, we gotta, we're going to look back into these guys. Yeah. Uh, this was written by Costa Panay, Pena. Mm. Hard to say. Mm -hmm. uh, he worked on a lot of the stuff I just mentioned. Plus, he did a game called Crash, uh, Pontoon, Word, Mastermind, and Othello. So this guy had that kind of mind. Yeah, a puzzle-type like. mind. Uh, the music on this was Ben Daglish. Uh, he worked on a ton of stuff. The Mask games. Mm -hmm. Remember Mask Boat? My, oh, I, I think we talked about this on the Discord. Yeah. I had a, in fact, in 1987, I celebrated my, uh, my sixth birthday with a Mask birthday party. That, that wasn't your picture I saw up in that here, was, was my it? picture. I was wearing that the was mask mask. Geeky, and you know who was next to me at the table? David Bowling. No. Man. Yeah. You guys were you guys were geeking that thing up. <laughs> uh, he also worked on Pac-Mania, one of my personal favorites, Techno Cop. Mm, you remember love that Techno one? Cop. Uh, he also worked on Gauntlet 1 and the uh, sort of in-between 1 and 2 one as well. So uh, this, this game was for the uh, 48K. Now, boat right off the gate. Let's talk with this. Let's get this before I even go any further. You fire this game up. I was sitting there with the kid. All right, I was because I was playing this. I was brushing up on this this morning, mm -hmm. 
and this game comes up, and this music, and I use music in its, in its most uh, uh, experimental sense when I say this. This thing comes up, and I'm not saying the music's bad, but this music doesn't play, it growls. It comes out of this thing, and it is the most bizarre sounding harmony. You know what it, it what it reminds heard. me of is like the early days of synthesizers when they didn't really know yeah. how it worked, like Lori Anderson <laughs> right, or something. Right. You know, I mean, this came up, and my kid was like, "What is that?" And I'm like, "That's the music of this game." He goes, "Turn it down." That's, <laughs> That's the correct I mean, response, by it, the way. But the but the thing is, I listen to it and it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, this is it's this just, is it's also hideous. This is the power. It's, it's the musical power of the forty eight K spectrum, not often <laughs> explored. I know it's the most. It's the best hideous music I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to listen to music and turn off music so much at the same time as the tune for this <laughs> for this game. Um, this has a standard interface, as you would expect. Uh, original price in this bad boy was £7.99p. Now, Boat, this had a lot of... Uh, uh, now, this stunned me, Boat. This had a lot of ports. Did you know that? Uh, yes, because... Well, I knew that it at least had an Atari 8-bit port, because I've played this on the Atari 8-bit. Oh, have yes. you? You crazy bum. Mm-hmm. So this got uh, ported to the Amstrad, RST, the C64, the Amiga, mm-hmm. Boat. Yep. The NEC, PC9800, and the Shark wow. all got ports of this crazy game. So, uh, and I should also mention, just for fun, I looked up the, the Vortex software. Uh, they were at, maybe this will mean something to you, Boat, 280 Brooklyn's Road, Manchester. Well, I know I know one of those words. You ever been to Manchester? I have, I have been to Manchester. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's life in a northern town. It's just like the Pet Shop Boys song. Is it? So, um, what is Deflector Boat? Um, it's it's not a super complicated uh, <laughs> plot. Were you? Yeah, the story's not real complicated no, in this one. Not plot. It's the the game mechanics aren't super complicated, and then it gets incredibly complicated. You're basically uh, controlling the laser coming out of a laser generation station. Mm-hmm. And your job is to guide the laser through these levels uh, with some reflective mirrors and services to knock out all these little uh, obstacles and to eventually link up with the other side of your laser, your receiver, to complete basically a circuit. Right. right. Does that make any sense? That was a great explanation. And, of course, it's not as simple as just hit some services, bing, bang, boom, uh, and then hook it up. You've got crap in your way. Now, I wanted to ask you straight away, Boat. Uh, I don't know how far you got in this. We didn't talk. We never talk about this stuff. Why did they make, and this is my opinion, I want to get your response. Why did they make the first level so freaking hard in this game? Because if you, because I, I did eventually get past it, and then I thought the next couple levels were way easier than the first level. Well, <laughs> it was, I couldn't I, figure out why they would I do that. I think what they wanted to do, I'm, I'm trying to be charitable. I think okay. that they wanted to introduce you to all of the things the game could throw at you over the course of the game in the first level. So all of the different sorts of like squares that redirect your 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 laser, they wanted to throw those in there. The reflective walls, all of that stuff. Um, that's my personal theory on why they made the first level the way that they did. Um, 
You would agree with me it's, on that? Yeah, it's different than the tack that okay. a lot of games take, which is like, let's let's just put one thing at a time and slowly build up. Yes. This game sort of lets you have it all at once from the beginning. I would have preferred the one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Like for the first level, it should be as simple as you hitting some mirrors, tilting them, and then winning. Right. That's what I want. Yeah. I want, listen, I want games. I've been, I, the uh, recent games have made me a puss. I want instant gratification and I want to feel like I'm a success right Absolutely. away. But this game, this game made me struggle. It struggled to the point where I had to go watch another sucker do it to get past certain things because I was such a dumb guy. I absolutely had to do so, that from level one. Now, did you play this with the joystick or the keyboard? I played with the joystick, man. Okay, I played this with the keyboard, uh, uh, as I almost often do. The controls on this are pretty wacky. I had to go look. I had to print the docs, mm. both uh, such as they are. So on on the keyboard, to control you to to move. So what you do here? Let's try. I'm going to try to explain this a little better. If you haven't played this before, what you have uh, control of effectively a cursor a square block that goes around and when you put that cursor in certain areas you take control of that of like the mirror for example in it so you move the cursor around with the Q and A buttons for up and down and the K and L for left and right and then there's a select M so for if I need to shoot my laser to mirror and I need to make that mirror turn I will move my cursor over to that mirror and then I'll be able to move I'll be able to manipulate the mirror mm-hmm. okay um, this game it it's a funny game because you wouldn't think you would be under the gun on this thing, but there, aside from the fact that you have uh, uh, to go through this maze with your laser, you can also there are points in the maze where you can start overloading your laser, and it can happen slowly or quickly depending on what you're shooting. But if it overloads, you die, and so you have to be quick to make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Uh, the uh, uh, and that is a real wrinkle uh, because this game, even without the overload aspect, is difficult game. Uh, it's very. It takes a real uh, certain way of thinking uh, in my mind to get through a lot of these things. Well, give me your assessment, Boat. This game is a unique concept for sure. I mean, I've never I've never played another game like it, and it's yeah. sort of odd that it's a unique concept because the, it, it makes sense. It seems like this is the perfect avenue to explore for a puzzle game. Um, yeah. You've got lasers, you've got mirrors. Everybody knows that lasers bounce off mirrors. Um, I think the, the, the execution of this game is well done. I think that uh, the, the different things that affect your mirrors... They didn't try and throw too many things at you. I mean, you do have to kind of figure out what does what, but after you do that, then you, you sort of know. Um, where this game falls short is that uh, they throw too many obstacles in the way of success outside of the actual game mechanics themselves. So, for example, okay, you, you have to manage. It's not enough to just be able to negotiate your laser to the end of the level you have to worry about the uh you have to worry about your energy you've got your uh you've got a sort of a, a meter that you, where you can run out of power if you hit a mine or something like that uh your energy yeah. meter also ticks down it's like a timer uh in addition to that you've got mines you've got to avoid these mines if you linger too long on a mine with your laser the the mine will blow up 
and it's over. You're screwed. Um, now, you do have multiple lives. Uh, you've got three lives, so uh, that's good. Uh, you've got um, the... Uh, I don't think that necessarily that the 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 levels are like that first level. Of course, you know it was it was crazy that the I asked you to do that many things on level one, but I yeah. would I would have felt like the game wasn't cheating me if uh, the um, if I didn't have the timer and the energy and all that stuff. To me, this game would have been so much better if they would have just given me the puzzles and not not given me so many different ways to fail. I understand what you're saying. I, first of all, I, I want to agree with you. This is an incredibly original concept. Now, I've played games where they sort of use the old reflective laser gimmick, but it's usually just a little side part of an overall game. No no one has explored, no game that I've played has explored this kind of concept like this game. And they really, uh, and this is also per- runs perfectly on the spectrum. Looks great, sounds great. All, everything, I mean, it's, it fits the platform perfectly so there's no problem there even musically um you're there is a lot going on uh sometimes and there's no doubt you and you're right there it's got the timer plus it's got the overload plus you've got the stuff to blow up there's a lot there's a lot going on i will say once i got past the first level i was certainly well armed for the next four or five Mm -hmm. levels so i mean i will say if you can get past the first level you'll get to the sixth yeah, level, and I say. like the fact that you, um, I like the fact that they did give you the things to blow up. That it's not just getting from point A to point B, you know. And you don't have to blow up all the all the purple things. I don't think. I think all you have to do is just get to the other receiver. But it gives you an opportunity to raise your yeah. score. It's a, again, it's the it's the secret for a lot of games where it's just like give me multiple things, multiple ways to to succeed. I like. I like the, you know, one thing this game has, when you start the game up, it has an option called practice. that lets you practice a level, try to catch you, figure out what you're doing without actually having to worry about overloading or anything that stuff. And I ran through that before I actually played the game. It's also got a, a thing called demo, mm-hmm. and the demo will let you see every level. I think I believe there are 60 levels, boat, as I recall, in the demo. And the, some of the levels are insane. I mean, truly insane. And if you watch a playthrough, you'll see some of them. They're, they're crazy. Uh, but it's this is a game I could sort of get into. I, I kind of wish that it had a more laid back. Um, I think what you said sort of hit it for me. I could do without the timer. I don't mind the overload thing so much for that. But I mean, I could do. I would like to have to not have to be in a hurry. Right. You know, where I could sit down and try to because I these games don't come easily to me where I can just sit down and look at them and be like, oh, blah, 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 and manipulate this I stuff. I thought you were going to go into the Baseball Plus Stars the, theme for a second. Yeah. Baseball. Plus, the, the like, since I was using the keyboard, I will say the controls were not what I would call the most uh, intuitive. Well, yeah, that's your, that's your own fault for using the keyboard. That's well, I mean, horrible. Just, but that's, the, I'll, that's the way I prefer to play these games. I'll, that's the way I am. Uh, and, and so, uh, but I mean, I, overall... I thought it was a pretty unique game. And I think this is a... I'm not a big puzzle game guy either, as you know, Bo. But this is actually one uh, that I would... I could see myself playing. It's just one of those kind of nutty things that you might want to try. Now, here's here's a couple things I didn't like. Um, and I, and I, I read some reviews and even looked at some Discord reviews to confirm this. There's no way to skip to the next level. 
And so you've got to go back and play, the, as far as I know, and if you heard otherwise, let me know, but I couldn't find any way. There's nothing in the docs about there's it. There's not. I don't, I th I don't any, think there's a way you can skip levels. There's no level skip or whatever. And so you've basically got to play through all these levels again, and that's kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I would like to be able to skip to a, like, whatever level I wanted to play, especially when you got you're on sixty levels. Uh, and I would like that's one thing I would like to do. So the I wasn't keen on the controls. I wasn't keen on the fact that the levels didn't have skips or codes. But uh, but overall, I actually kind of enjoyed this game, and I was sure I was going to hate it uh, when I saw the preview for it. I was like, oh my god, what is this? And I was sure I wouldn't understand it either. You know, so I, I was actually pretty happy with it. Boat, uh, all things considered, I. I as far as puzzle games go, it's unique and different, and clearly the levels and stuff are set up by people that are quite brilliant. Yeah. Because this isn't the kind of game you can just sort of craft together. I mean, you have to sit down and take some time. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, this one, for me, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flawed... It's a, it's a flawed game that could have been an all-time classic if they just would have made some different design decisions around the game part of the game. The actual puzzle, the, pu the, the mechanic and the levels and the puzzles themselves are great. Yeah. The prisms and stuff that you hit yeah. and the, the things that affect the laser <clears throat> in different it's ways very, are Yeah, and it's very satisfying to hit one of those rotating blocks and see your laser go pew, 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 in all the directions and blow up all the purple things. I mean, that's very cool. I, uh, I, I think this game could, uh, this is a game that you could see easily see get making a comeback. Someone should rip this thing off immediately and do something. And maybe they have, mm. uh, you know, but you could, and the thing is, this is the kind of game you could play with like a, uh, like I, you could play with it, like your with your, you know, touching. You could touch stuff, you know, like on a phone, mm -hmm. and it would work. You know, it's a, there's. I, I think this is one that should absolutely be redone. Uh, but I, kudos to the guys for coming up with it. Like I said, if they stole this, I've never seen it before. And if and if this is an original concept, someone needs to steal it from yeah. them. And my, I agree. <laughs> my I agree. Opinion, uh, I uh, I couldn't find. There were none of these listed currently on eBay, but I, but I did find. I'll get this boat. Here's something that's going to interest you. And this ties into your Atari. Now that I think about it, it makes perfect sense. So I was looking at something on eBay. I couldn't find any other Spectrum tapes, both. But I did find someone, uh, I found someone selling the C64 version, and someone was hawking an unreleased XEG card of this game. Wow. Boat. That's crazy. Yeah. 40 bucks he wanted for it. And it's a, it's, uh, it's a, that's his words, not mine. But since, because when you told me, because you noticed I didn't read here, the Atari 8-bit wasn't listed yeah. on the platform. Well, you know, so there must be an unreleased Atari 8-bit version or Atari XEG version sitting I, out there somewhere. I can somewhere. tell you this, that on my flash cart, there is a very famous uh, site where people go through and they make, uh, like there's a whole uh, folder full of games that are XEGS games that have been recoded specifically for my flash cart, and I think it's one of those. So I think this game was in the pipeline for being developed for the XEGS and maybe just got never it never got released. So you tried this on the uh, 8-bit before? Yeah, man. Do you how, do you recall how it plays? It plays exactly like this. I I think the colors the, the colors look better. You know, on the on the spectrum for sure. The all mm -hmm. all of the pastels and everything looks great. Um, the but I mean, overall, it's identical. It's an identical game. Did it have the music? Do you remember? I don't that? remember. I don't remember. Um, I did look some reviews up on this boatster. Um, World of Spectrum gives us an eight point two eight. Um. 
CBG gave this a, a 10 out of 10 vote. Um, Ace gave this, uh, of course, these, some of these scores are from, these are supposed to all be for Spectrum, but Ace gave this a, a basically a 90. Your Sinclair gave it a 9 out of 10. <clears throat> uh, this got this thing was included in the top 100 games list uh, of uh, in '88. Uh, this was all the list of greatest games of all times uh, that would got that came out in '91 from Ace. So this is widely regarded as a, 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 a it got great reviews and is regarded as a sort of a, almost a masterpiece. Boat, did we get anything in we the did. Discord? We did. Uh, we've got uh, let's see, Frodo and L writes. Interesting puzzle game that could have been amongst my favorites had it not been for the lack of level passwords, meaning one always had to start from the first level. Playing in an emulator, one yep. can of course save, save snapshots, which makes this less of an issue. This means I feel I need to give two scores. On original hardware, 7.5 out of 10, and an emulator, 8.5 out of 10. I think that's fair. Uh, Pixels at Dawn says... A unique puzzle game with some of the best music I've heard on the 48K Spectrum and some very colorful graphics. It's a simple, fun premise and offers a good slice of challenge. It could have been quite the chilled experience, but the designers chose to add an energy bar timer, a laser overload mechanic, yes. and annoying minor moving I'm sorry, and annoying mirror moving enemies that add a sense of panic, frustration, and sheer anger, respectively. The barrier to entry is pretty high, too, with the first level being harder than the following 10. It's a real shame because this could have been a great game if it had just kept things simple and concentrated on the puzzle and with maybe a score attack mechanic instead of a timer. A disappointing 6.5 out of 10. I feel like that's every game with a timer. Like, make a different mode with a timer or give me something like, let me complete the stage in my time, but give me additional rewards if I do it. A bonus is always better than a timer. That review was almost exactly what I, I mean. I'm, first of all, I'm glad to see, because, you know, I always worry when I do, when I, I already look at the reviews or anything before I, you know, talk on the show, but I'm always worried about sounding like a complete idiot. And I had so much more trouble with the first mm -hmm. level. I'm so glad that I'm not the only yeah. one. <laughs> it really took me a while to wrap my head around the concept of this game. I sat there and just looked at it for about 10 minutes, just trying to figure out what in the hell I was looking Absolutely. at. You know? But yeah, I agree with all that. Plus, I do like the idea of a you're again you're dead on boat. We're agreeing more than usual yeah. this week. But getting rid of that timer, having a more chilled experience, uh, that's what I like in a puzzle game. I, I wouldn't mind it so much if there wasn't if I wasn't mm -hmm. under the gun. I don't yeah, like me that. Me neither. Me neither. All right, Aaron. Well, as we wrap things up, we should thank all of the people that support us on the Patreon. We want to thank Mark Downey, Hermsky. Andrew Waite, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham W. Bebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Bossman Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. Thank you guys so much. We also want to thank the poor, poor souls who are attempting to watch us on Twitch right now. Uh, apparently things are going haywire over in Twitch land and we're getting almost no uh, no traction over there. So we apologize for that. But we do record this show. We attempt to record this show every Friday. Uh, <laughs> so feel free to join us on Twitch if you'd like. Um, next, One sure, thing, man. Bode. Because uh, we mentioned this earlier, uh, for those of you that uh, don't listen to our other shows, we are running a uh, a little contest right now on our Coco show, which is a show dedicated to the TRS-80 color computer. But everyone that listens to all of our shows are more than uh, invited to participate. 
Uh, we are giving away a copy of Gunstar, the new TR City car computer game, uh, fresh in the shrink, brand new, just came out a month ago. And to be entered in the contest to receive this game for free, all you've got to do is give the Coco Show an iTunes review. Uh, we would appreciate it, and once you drop us a review, we're entered in the contest, and we'll pick one at random, and whoever wins will be sending for free Gunstar for oh. Coco. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Next week, Aaron. Oh, we want to thank boss man himself, Paul Harrington, for choosing Deflector for us. Yeah, good um, game. Uh, I enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to play a game called Minder. Minder. <laughs> Minder, okay. <laughs> Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, has suggested this. Clive's Club member, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. So we appreciate that, and we appreciate Never you know. guys for listening to us. We will see you next week.